another episode of D-List of the Podcast. I'm Michael Kang. And I'm Allison. And, you know, Allison, I think we're both very happy that this isn't a political podcast. Oh, yes, I'm tee-hee-heeing over here from the happiness. Well, not only because it'd be more of a mess than it mm-hmm. already is, but mm. because we'd have to do like two episodes a day, an hour, two episodes an hour to keep up. And every single episode would be like, okay, update, update, update. It would just be updates on top of the last thing that we said. It, We'd probably give up after the second episode. Yeah, definitely. We'd, we'd be like, yeah. retired. We'd throw our, we'd set fire to our laptops. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But we could call it updates. So something to keep in mind. <laughs> you know what? That's it's honestly not the worst idea. So let's just it erase is. this part so nobody steals it. <laughs> but uh, there's so much political and coronavirus news mm-hmm. and thankfully we're not here to bring you that we're here to bring you the real news yeah coronavirus step aside coronavirus and political f- stuff step aside we're going to so we're going to start with the hollywood minute which will probably take us like 10 minutes <laughs> the hollywood 10 minutes the hollywood so, one third of an hour yeah. Wait, wait, no. <laughs> One third of an hour. Oh, no. Listen, math is not great for us. No, no this is not. You a, got close. You got this close. This is not a podcast called Math Time. <laughs> all right. Uh, we're going to talk about all the movies that push their release date to the end of never because of coronavirus. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, okay, Allison, what was the last movie you saw in a movie theater? Hustlers. Well, that was last year. Well, you have a you have a child. You can't. <laughs> I, I have a child. The hermit. <laughs> no, but you know what? Honestly, that's a great one to go out on. But I think that wasn't Hustlers like maybe November, Christmas. Yeah, it was uh, holiday time. I think it was not that. It was like last year, but it wasn't that far away from March. I'll say that much because originally I thought that my last movie I had seen was A Star Is Born, which was like twenty eighteen. Yeah. So Hustler, <laughs> Hustlers is good. What was the last movie you saw? Uh, the Invisible Man. So that oh, was like okay. February. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so it was so. like right before we were all getting pushed in. We're, uh, we're going to talk about the box office because mm-hmm. most of the movie theaters in North America are closed. So the box office is bleak. Oh, yeah. Like this was, okay, these were the top movies this weekend. Number one was Tenet. With $2.7 million. Number two was Hocus Pocus. The one from 1993. <laughs> they released it. <laughs> For a they second, re- I was like, wait, did they remake Hocus Pocus? <laughs> and you just and I didn't that. know. <laughs> no, they re-released it for Halloween time. So that brought in $1.9 million. Mm-hmm. The number three was The New Mutants, which made a little over a million dollars. Okay. The... Number 35 movie was Tesla, which brought in a whopping $68. Oh, my God. These are like Zizek's Road numbers. Yeah, exactly. It totally is. This so is bad. She was bad. It doesn't look like it's getting any better anytime mm-hmm. soon. And Tenet was like the guinea pig because they right. were like, we're not going to release in streaming. We're going to release into the theaters because this is how it was supposed to be seen. Right. And so far, domestically, they've made $20 million and it's been out for a month. That's that's like, um, that's Jaws 4 numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I've got a lot of these. You know, jo- I know you, you're, you're like box office mojo up in there with all these 
box office details. But um, so that scared the studios. So AMC, the country's biggest uh, movie theater chain, has said that it's not going to close any of its theaters. But Regal, which is the second largest, Mm -hmm. will close all 536 locations starting this week. And they won't reopen until at least 2021. So thousands of their employees will, will be furloughed. The CEO of Cineworld, who owns Regal, his name is Mookie, Mookie Gettin, Gettinger, a great name. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that there's been no evidence linking COVID cases to movie theaters, um, but they have to close since big movies keep pushing their release dates. And in New York City, which is a key market for them, they're not allowed to open. Uh, Regal is also closing theaters in the UK. Okay. Now, a big reason why Regal made that decision is because Daniel Craig's last Bond movie, No Time to Die, was pushed again. So mm-hmm. there is time to die now. Yeah, and it's at the box office. Yeah. No Time to Die was originally supposed to come out in April of this year, and then coronavirus happened, and it got pushed to November of this year, and now it's been pushed to April 2021. Mm-hmm. And when they move, like, you know, when one big movie moves, they all kind of have to move. Mm -hmm. So Dune, the remake directed by uh, Dennis Villeneuve, and it stars Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, Oscar Isaac, Jason Momoa, Javier Bardem. So basically, Timothy, Zendaya, and a bunch of hot guys are Mm -hmm. in this Dune remake. It was supposed to come out in November, then it pushed to December, and now it's been pushed to October 2021. Yeah, it's not happening. For the people who are hoping for Dune 2020. <laughs> no. And the Batman, which stars Robert Pattinson, who got coronavirus while filming, was supposed to be released in June 2021. And now it's been pushed to March 2022. Like, will we be alive by then? I mean, will we still even want to see a Batman movie by then? Of course, people always want to see a Batman movie. But really, if you want to see a Batman movie that badly, there's... How how many Batman movies? 500. Batman, Batman 2, Batman and Robin, Batman Forever. Pick one. Pick one. So the Avatar sequel was supposed to come out next Christmas, but now it's been pushed to December 2022. And three more Avatar movies will come out after that, one each December. So like December 2023, we'll get a new one. December 2024. Like, do we really deserve that? Just push them into the trash. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> really who asked for who asked for all these avatars i know like we have coronavirus and now uh, uh, uh avatar iris Av- avatar iris just pretend mm-hmm. to, just pretend that worked and um black widow Candyman, cruella which i completely forgot about it's that mm-hmm. cruella deville movie in the 80s starring emma stone yeah as the, cruella. One, the one where cruella like goes to like cbgb's yeah she's like punk i totally mm-hmm. forgot about that so that the eternals fast and furious 9 um, West Side Story, directed by Steven Spielberg, the Top Gun sequel, were all supposed to come out this year. They've been pushed to next year. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman 1984 was pushed a couple of times, and its current release date is Christmas Day of this year. That is not going to happen. Oh, it, no. On a wish and a prayer, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so, yeah, everything's getting pushed. Do you miss going to the movies? Well, considering that I thought that my last movie that I saw was 2018's A Star is Born, I'm gonna say, you know what, I do, here's the thing, I miss going to movies because I used to love going to movies by myself before I had a kid. Um, it Like, I, there's nothing I loved more than to go and sit 
in a movie by myself. Like one of my favorite movie experiences, by the way, was not that you asked. Did you ask, Michael? You didn't ask. I did. Just pretend I did. Okay. Well, I did. I pretended you did. Um, I went and saw Gone Girl. But before I went, I went to a movie theater that had a cheesecake factory attached to it. And I went to Cheesecake Factory and I got two slices of cheesecake and then I took them in to see Gone Girl. And and your bowels were gone, girl. <laughs> <laughs> they were never there, girl. <laughs> no, but like to say that I got a major serotonin boost, like that was the coolest, most fun movie watching experience I ever had. And the theater was like mostly empty too. It was great. Um, do you miss going to movies? Oh, yeah. Like, bef- before this, the only time I really got out of my house is to see a movie. Like, yeah. I would go once, sometimes twice a week. Yeah, you you saw everything. I think I called you Don Draper one time because you see every movie. Don Draper saw every movie? Yeah, that was part of his thing in Mad Men is that he's, he saw every movie. He was always leaving work to go see movies. Yeah, like that. And now, I like, I watch them all at home. So I watch tons of movies at home. But the problem is, mm-hmm. because I'm at home and I don't have to drive, I can drink as much box wine as I want. And mm-hmm. then I fall asleep. And then I have to rewatch the movie the next day. So, yeah, I miss movie theaters. Mm-hmm. And now, here, I, have a, I have a maybe a silly question. Can you, so in uh, where I live uh, in Toronto, you can see movies right now. So the movie theaters are open. But they're doing social distancing, and so, like, they can only allow, I don't know, 30 people in the theater or something like that. So we can see movies. Are there any movie theaters that are open near you, or are they all closed down? I think they are. Yeah, but they're showing Hocus Pocus. And like you said, it's like, yeah, it's social distancing. You have to wear a mask. So, yeah, yeah, I think you can. Yeah, but do you think... That, like, those big movies should say fuck it and just release through streaming. So, like, Mulan, they yeah. kept pushing and pushing. Finally, they are like, we'll put on Disney+, Plus, charge twenty nine ninety nine, and they've supposedly made $200 million in two weeks. And you know what? That's great. We, why do we have to be so greedy that every movie needs to make $1.5 billion? Because you know? that's how much they cost nowadays. I like, know. they cost, like, $200 million plus... Tons of money for marketing. You know what, though? Remember, like, in the 80s when a movie's budget was, like, $35 million? And that was, like, Back to the Future. Like, they had the kind of special effects where you thought you were going to Back to the Future. And it was only $35 million. I think, if anything, COVID's teaching us to start doing that again. Having low-budget movies. That's why Hocus Pocus is such a <laughs> success right now. Because there were so many practical effects in that movie. I'm pretty sure they had, like, the brooms suspended by wires. There was no CGI. If you rewatch, you can probably see the wires. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they didn't even magic erase that out. (laughs) I wish, the only thing I wish is, I think that they should just, like, move everything to streaming. Because people, like, even if they say, like, yeah, go ahead and sit in a movie theater. Do you really want to go sit in a movie theater? Like. I will when it's safe. But I also get it. Like, you know, some movies... They wanted to be seen on the big screen and, you know, like these big action movies. Sure. So I get it. But like if that Bond movie came out in streaming, it was twenty nine ninety nine. I'd probably buy it. Yeah. I'd probably rent it because, I, yeah. Well, because it's something different. It's not watching Hocus Pocus for the 10th time. Not that that's a bad thing. But the thing that I wish that they did was, I wish, I think I might have mentioned this on another episode of the podcast or maybe on the website, but I wish that somebody would make a company that's like Uber for movie theater popcorn because I don't like microwave popcorn nearly as much as I do 
movie theater popcorn. And I actually used to live right near a movie theater, like across the street from one. And I used to go and buy popcorn and take it back to my house and watch movies all the time. Well, you should check because the ones here, I think they do like curbside popcorn drop off. Sure. Or pick up. Sure. But I, that I, no, I want it brought into my living room. I'm lazy like that. Okay. So now we're going to talk about Maya Bialik, mm-hmm. Blossom. I wish we were talking about Six instead, but we're talking about Blossom. You take what you can get in this week, you know? Yeah. So Maya is like a hippie mom, right? She yeah. um, She's kind of like Alicia Silverstone, um, although I don't think she's ever bird fed her kid. That I know of. She hasn't shared that with us, if she has. But, you know, she's into attachment parenting. And, right. you know, like when she and her now ex-husband were married, they'd sleep in the same bed with their two sons. She believed in using a sling instead of a stroller. Mm-hmm. Uh, she believed in prolonged breastfeeding. Like mm-hmm. she breastfed her son, Fred, until he was four. Mm-hmm. Fred is 12 now and her older son is Miles. Okay, so because all of that and because she wrote in her memoir about how she uh didn't vaccinate her kids we all thought she was an anti-vaxxer yeah because why else wouldn't you vaccinate your kids right yeah but mayam now claims she's not an anti-vaxxer and she's never been an anti-vaxxer so she has a youtube channel because i guess that big bang theory money is just not enough to make ends meet so she did a youtube video called am i an anti-vaxxer (laughs) And she said that everyone thinks she's a regular Jenny McCarthy because in her book, which came out like 10 years ago, she wrote that her boys had not had the typical schedule of vaccines, but she never said she was against vaccines and that she does believe that some vaccines are necessary. And at the time, my children had not received the typical schedule of vaccines, but I have never, not once, said that vaccines are not valuable not useful or not necessary because they are. I've received a ton of negative press about this and to be quite honest, most of it was inaccurate. The internet jury decided that I was a danger to my children, a disgrace to science, and a member of the Hollywood elite responsible for the killing of babies. Yes. Here's the truth. The truth is I delayed vaccinations for reasons that you don't necessarily get to know about simply because you follow me on social media. So some children have allergies, which are exacerbated by ingredients in vaccines. Some children are highly susceptible to seizures from fevers, which vaccines can cause. Some children have compromised immune systems. As of today, my children may not have had every one of the vaccinations that your children have, but my children are vaccinated. God, I want the next YouTube video to explain which ones they don't have. What what weird measles or polio are her kids going to spread? Like, which which vaccine didn't you get? I think you need all of them. It's not like a salad bar where you can, like, say, oh, no, I don't want tomatoes. I don't want the Thousand Island dressing. It, I'm pretty sure you're like, oh, the vaccines are there for a reason. I'll take all of them. Well, aren't there some that are, like, mandatory for school but some are not yeah but like i'm pretty sure that most of them are mandatory i think the only one that isn't mandatory is like the hpv vaccine i i could be very wrong i'm definitely very wrong (laughs) (laughs) i do not have a child so i do not know (laughs) but maya said that she does think kids nowadays are over vaccinated and big money 
is made from vaccines. And she doesn't trust all vaccines. But again, she's not an anti-vaxxer. So um, the reason Blossom did that whole YouTube video is because she wanted to let us know that she's getting the flu shot for the first time in 30 years. And when the COVID vaccine is ready, she's getting that too. And her kids will get the flu shot and the COVID vaccine as well. Oh, and by the way, I should have mentioned this earlier. Dr. Blossom has a PhD in neuro- neuroscience. Right. So like Dr. Blossom is not just some lady selling essential oils on Facebook. Like she's she's smart. She's smart. She went to school. She knows yeah. stuff about science. I just, I feel like for me, I feel like if you have to clear up rumors that you're anti-vax, you maybe need to like take a look at what you're doing because nobody gets accused of being an anti-vaxxer unless they're putting out some serious anti-vaxxer vibes. Like you're either you're either pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine. Well, she says know? in the video that like what she wrote in her memoirs, you know, about um, that she um, she vaccinates her kids, but not all the vaccines, and um, that the media like turn like um, turned that around, right? And turned it to say she was an anti-vaxer, which. She never said she's against vaccines. She never said all vaccines are bad. Mm-hmm. So that's what she said in the video. Right. And I will say this about Blossom. You can't trust Big Pharma. So she's saying she's she's not only going to get the COVID vaccine whenever it's ready, but she's also encouraging others to do it because she says coronavirus is a serious and unpredictable virus. And even though the COVID vaccine is not going to be 100% effective since no vaccine is. It's important that as many people as possible get it to prevent spreading the virus and that people should do it as quickly as possible. Now for the flu shot, she said that she thinks personally that she thinks the flu is manageable, but for her, but she's getting the shot this year because she wants to protect her immune system from anything that may come its way, especially COVID, and that she usually relies, you know, like on herbs and stuff to treat her sick, but that because of the quarantine and added stress in her life, her immune system is shot. So she wants to help it out by getting the flu shot. So to recap, Dr. Blossom is not anti-vax. She's pro-corona vaccine. She's pro the flu shot this year. I'm glad that she's pro flu shot. Listen, she should be pro flu shot every year. Michael, I'm going to put you on the spot to get your flu shot every year. No, I don't remember the last time I had it. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get it this year, but I'm terrified. I know it's it's definitely terrifying. But I think that like I used to be very anti-flu shot. Like I was like, I don't know what they're putting in me. And I don't want the government injecting whatever in my arm. Like it was definitely like, you know, I was one of those fringe weirdos. Oh, no. I Do I sound like an anti-vaxxer? Jenny McCarthy, is that you? <laughs> Allison yeah. McCarthy pull off a mask it's me um but anyways my uh my doctor was like she's like you're gonna get your flu shot right and I was like uh I don't know about that and she's like well she's like I'm just letting you know right now it's kind of like being an anti-vaxxer there's nothing shady about the flu vaccine and she's like when everybody gets the flu vaccine you protect people like babies old people the immunocompromised you know people who are doing like radiation for cancer like you're really protecting them by getting your flu shot and um and it just makes sense we're just looking out for everyone else 
Yeah. But so okay. I'll get it this year. But I like I don't do well with medicine that isn't wine or weed or showgirls. I don't do <laughs> well with medicine like that. So that's I'm like kind of scared because I don't want to be I you know, I'm afraid I'm going to be laid out for days and not in a sexy way, but I'm going to do it. Just a- just ask them before you get the flu shot. You're like, am I going to be laid out for days and not in a sexy way? Um, I'm going to CVS. So they're going to be like, you know what? I don't get paid enough to answer that fucking question. So they're like, you here's, want this shit or not? They're like, here's a pamphlet on whether or not this is going to lay you out in a sexy way. <laughs> but are you are you going to get the corona vaccine as soon as whenever it's ready? My government thinks it's going to be under the tree this Christmas. But <laughs> Santa himself is going to slide down your chimney and stick the needle in your ass. Yeah. I don't I don't know that does scare me because I'm like mentally like the you know the tinfoil hat person in me says like oh I don't want to be the guinea pig but then the other part of me is like they don't they're not rushing stuff out to like screw with us like they're not the government's not doing this to like you know what I mean like so it's like I think that if there's a corona vaccine I don't know I can talk to my doctor I have a very reasonable doctor she's a very normal person (laughs) and I think I need to talk to her about it because I trust her judgment over, you know, me panicking at home. Are, well, are you- I'll keep, I'll stay in my hermit hole and all of you can get it. And I'll, you know, I'll stand back and see if you grow a horn or something. You're like, unless the horn is like shaped like a dick, bendable, and on my the lower back, then give me the vaccine right now. So on to a topic that is just a little bit less terrifying than the thought of a horn growing out of your body that's shaped like a penis. We're going to talk about horror movies. So it's officially Halloween month. The whole month of October is the spookiest month of the year. Well, this year, every month is the spookiest month of the year. It gets Mm -hmm. spookier and spookier. Mm -hmm. And, And then it all accumulates on voting night, the spookiest night of the year when all the zombies come out. Anyways, no. So um, because it's Halloween month, we're all talking about scary movies and pumpkins and candy and all that delicious stuff. Roasting pumpkin seeds and looking at pumpkins. And it's a big pumpkin month around here. So according to a study conducted by the Southwest News Service, which is a British uh, news affiliate, I guess that's the word. They surveyed 2000 Americans who celebrate Halloween and they asked them what they do after they watch a scary movie. So these are not answers like, oh, I go to the bathroom because I've been sitting on the couch for two hours or, you know, I pick the popcorn out of my teeth. This is like how you react to watching a scary movie. So before I go any further, Michael, you are a scary movie person. What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> I suddenly got all offended. <laughs> I was like, what is a scary movie person? <laughs> no, I... I oh, yeah, no I watch a lot of scary movies. Yeah, yeah, you like scary movies. You're not like the type of person who's like holding a blanket in front of your face like, oh. You no, know, there's like some people who chatter. can't watch them. Absolutely. Oh, we, we all know a person who like cannot handle anything even remotely scary. So this is for people who celebrate Halloween and do watch scary movies. So 36% of the 2,000 Americans that they surveyed, I'm not going to do the math. We heard at the top of the show how bad I was at that. So 36% will have to sleep with the lights on after they watch a scary movie. 
33% will check the locks on their doors, which mm-hmm. kind of surprised me. I thought that number was a little low. I thought everybody went and checked the locks on their doors after they watched a scary movie. 30% of people will leave the TV on or they'll leave music playing mm-hmm. because I guess they think that's going to, you know, scare away Leatherface or whatever. Yeah. Leatherface is hanging out. 24%, so about a quarter of the people surveyed, make sure that closet doors are shut before they go to bed. 24%, and this is where it's like, I want to check on these people, you know, mentally and spiritually. 24% run and jump into bed to make sure that no serial killers or monsters are under their bed waiting to murder them. 24%? 24. These are adults, right? (laughs) Yeah, these are adults. I want their names and their numbers because I want to do a wellness check on them. 24% of those people. That's a quarter of 2,000. A quarter of 2,000 is like 25,000 or something. That's too many. That's too many people. But but they did point out that 66% of people, 66% of the people surveyed, say that a horror movie is a nice escape from everything that's going on in 2020, which I don't disagree with that but i don't know if i want to be like i don't i wouldn't put on like um halloween to mentally check out i feel like my anxiety would just be like through the roof after that oh no that would be relaxing like if i watched halloween i would sleep like a baby if i watch cnn i'd probably be fucking scared shitless and stay up all night turning the lights on yeah. so out of these things do you do any of those after you watch no. a scary no. No. The weirdest one to me is sleeping with the lights on because I don't know how people can sleep with the lights on. Okay. I can't. I need I need to wear a sleeping mask. I put the pillow over my face. It needs to be pitch black. Oh my god, you're like a sleepy darkness diva. A vampire, basically. Yeah. But it's like I think I got it from my mom because my mom, she also needs it pitch black. And like when mm-hmm. we were little, she put foil on her bedroom windows to make it as black as possible. I mean, it looked like a crack house, but she slept like a baby. So yeah, <laughs> I, I needed say, like pitch black. I thought that the only people who put tinfoil up in their windows were people that had like a grow up inside. Yeah, that and people who any little fleck of light will keep you up. Right. Do you uh, do any of that? Okay, so I don't... Listen... I do all of that stuff without watching a scary movie. Like, I will go and check the locks on my doors like five times before I go to sleep. Um, I always make sure that all the closet doors are closed. And I also like shine a light on the inside to make sure that nobody's, you know, inside. There's only been one time that I've watched a movie so scary that I did sleep with the lights on. What was it? The Ring. I was terrified. The American one or the... The The American one. I'm a baby. Not even the Japanese. Like, the Japanese one is scarier. I can't even watch the Japanese one. I'm too scared. Michael, if I just sleep with the lights on after the American one, what would I do after I watch the Japanese one? I would go and check into, like, a a bank vault being like, I need to to stay in here. I need a safe space. I think, though, that, like, um, these people that they kind of polled... I think it de- I think it really depends on what their actual life is like because if you have a normal life like yeah you would get scary watching a scary movie and like you'd want to sleep with the lights on and lock the doors and stuff but I realized the one thing that they mentioned was some people will leave the TV on or they leave music playing right yeah and I know that that is the only thing I would need to do to prevent you know a murder psychopath from coming in my house because the most played artists on my uh, phone are Kesha and 
LMFAO. And no, they're not. Michael, you're totally ab- lying. Mm-mm, they absolutely are. Okay, I can't are. talk to you anymore. Not this, only did uh, this <laughs> podcast is finished. <laughs> Alice and I are no longer friends. You want to know what the worst part is? This is the terrifying part. Not only did it, do I have them downloaded on my phone, I bought them on iTunes. I paid money. Oh yeah, so that reason alone, like uh, ghouls, goes, they're staying away. Skipping my house. So this is where Allison and I will go over five stories, starting with Sharon Osborne and Ozzy Osborne. They've been married 38 years. They've been through it. He's cheated on her a bunch of times. He said he tried to kill her once when he was in a drug-induced rage. So they've been through it. But during an episode of her show, The Talk, Sharon said that they still fuck a couple of times a week, but that they used to fuck three times a day. And that two times a week is normal for a long relationship, which uh, everyone I know in a long relationship fucks one time a year. Yeah, like, who's long relationship? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Sharon is 67 and Ozzy is 71. Mm. This may seem like Sherry... Sh- Sherry, this may seem like Sharon is spending a lot of time having sex with Ozzy Osbourne. But in reality, it's kind of like the opposite. It actually gives her plenty of me time because Ozzy is so old and tired that he probably naps for like three days after he has sex. And think of all the puzzles and facelifts you can do in that time. So then he fucks, sleeps, gets up again and fucks. Yeah, yeah. he wakes up like a vampire out of a coffin. She has sex with him again and then gets another three days. Well, on the Osbournes, like, you know, Ozzy walked slow was always tired like like you said mm-hmm. and you know it's it's not just because he's old and has illnesses but because he's using all his energy to fuck sharon like sharon i'm nutting that's my impersonation. oh he's british though would he say nutting sharon i'm sticky toffee pudding <laughs> that's what they say <laughs> So January Jones has been sharing her beauty tips on Instagram. And in one video, she poured a little bit of beer into her bath before getting into it because she thinks it uh, will hydrate her skin. And she was inspired to do so after reading what Cleopatra put in her bath. So Cleopatra did not put beer. She put donkey milk and honey and lavender. Donkey and milk. rose petals. So January uses beer. But truth talk, will that give you a yeast infection? <laughs> it can't it can't not give you yeast infection. <laughs> Anything can give you a yeast infection, but that sounds like number one. Now, Michael, I've heard that putting beer in her bath has inspired January to release her own vagina scented candle, just like Gwyneth Paltrow. Except hers is called Eau de Keg Stand. Yes, and it's a bestseller now. It's sold out. Mm-hmm. But first of all, there was this beer shampoo in the 70s called Body on Tap. Mm-hmm. So they did it first. Second of all, would you do this? I don't know if I would do this, but I used to pour beer on my hair. Oh, yeah. Because it, what does it do, actually? It's supposed to make your hair shiny. Did it? Uh, I didn't have good hair to begin with. But then wouldn't you eat your hair? <laughs> what? Like, mm, what am beer. I, a goat? <laughs> uh. Kylie Jenner's two-year-old daughter, Stormy Webster, had her first day of school, and Kylie posted video of Stormy in her first day of school outfit, including a backpack 
which was made by Hermes and cost $12,000. She's going to get jumped and jacked for that backpack on the playground. But by the teachers, because the kids are all probably rich already. The teachers, so the like, teachers are going to jack her, yeah. They're like, I'm going to sell this backpack so I can buy crayons for my classroom. But Allison, what was your favorite first day of school outfit? Okay, so... And I, I know it included a $12,000 backpack. Naturally. Michael, No, ill. that's cheap. It's $25,000 backpack. Well, listen, I wasn't so bougie to have a $12,000 backpack. Uh, I did have a backpack from Byway, which is... Um, I don't know how I describe byway uh, in American terms. Uh, it's like lower than Walmart. Uh, anyway, oh, it's like a store. Yeah, it was a store. It was like okay. a, a discount store. So, but okay. my but my favorite outfit though it was um, a my first day of kindergarten outfit, um, and it was uh, a turquoise and peach bubble skirt. So it was like a striped bubble skirt. I had white white knee socks. I think I might have had either peach or a turquoise keds on. Uh, and then I think I had a turquoise or peach t-shirt with like the rolled up little sleeves on it. And then I had two pigtails. And on one pigtail, I had like a peach, you know, the plastic. Um, uh, I We called them baubles, but they were like. They were yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Like so, marbles? Yeah, like the yeah, hair yeah. ties with the marbles on the end. So yeah. I had a peach one on one side, a turquoise one on the other side. And I thought I looked very good for a oh, five-year-old. Oh, you did. You did. You look like Peaches and Cream Barbie's baby. Mm, Peaches and Cream baby Barbie. That's exactly it. What was yours, yeah. Michael? I don't remember. But I do. I did have a favorite backpack. Like, okay. And my mom got it at Santee Alley, which is like the shopping area in downtown LA. Mm-hmm. And it was purple. And it was purple. Like the front was purple and the back was black. And on the front of it, the purple part, it had a big black clock. Big, big, I thought I was going to say cock. <laughs> you know I did. You're like, what the fuck? A big black clock. <laughs> big black clock. on it, And it worked. What? So, flavor, oh flavor. <laughs> it was it was hot shit. I thought it was such hot shit in it. Until how, I got jumped. I was going to say, how did you take that thing to school without getting jumped? A working clock? That's a bag and a watch in one. I know, you're right. Um, That's gorgeous. So, Glow, the Netflix show based on Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling that starred Alison Brie and Betty Gilpin, was renewed last year for a fourth and final season. But Netflix announced this week that they're canceling it and it's not coming back. So the third season is its last. They were three weeks into filming the fourth season when they were shut down due to the pandemic. And because Glow is a show about wrestling and you have to touch a human to wrestle, it's risky to film. So they've decided to cancel it completely. Mm, That's, I guess you could say there was one foe too great for the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. And that's the asshole that is COVID. Yeah. Couldn't they use like blow up dolls to wrestle? I mean, that would have been so on brand. It would have been great. None of us would have cared. No, no, we would have loved it. But see, I don't like the way, I mean, I'm sad about this, but Mm -hmm. I don't like the way that Netflix announced it. I feel like for a show like Glow, it could have been a better cancellation announcement, right? So Pia Zadora, Mm -hmm. she was married to the owner of the Riviera, Mm -hmm. where the original Glow filmed, right? Mm -hmm. And there was a rumor that she forced her husband to cancel it Mm -hmm. 
because she was jealous of all these gorgeous women, right? And didn't want them around her husband. So she told him to cancel the show. So Netflix should have gotten Pizadora to shoot a video announcing that Glow got canceled. The the fact that they didn't, that's... I know. They can't do anything right. No. And finally, a Subway Subway franchisee in Ireland was in a legal fight over whether or not Subway is exempt from the Value-Added Tax Act of 1972. Now, the VAT is the equivalent of sales tax to us. Mm-hmm. So, and a Subway, Subway franchisee was arguing that it's exempt from that tax because they sell staple foods like bread. But Ireland... Ireland's Supreme Court shot them down, saying that Subway's bread is 10% sugar, um, which is way too much sugar to be considered bread. So in Ireland, Subway's bread is not legally bread. It's pastry. Basically. Meanwhile, taste buds around the world have determined long ago that it also can't legally be defined as delicious. No. And nostrils that have smelled that bread, because that's bread... I mean, I... I haven't been in a subway and I don't know how long and that smell still haunts me. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly. And it all smells the same. Every sandwich tastes the same too because it all yeah. tastes like that bread. Yeah, that smell is going to keep me up at night. It's show and tell time. Alice and I will now throw out a recommendation. And my show and tell this week is the Instagram and TikTok page of my current favorite internet dog, Eddie on Wheels. He's also on YouTube, but is he's mostly on TikTok and Instagram. So Eddie is an eight-year-old rescue dog who lives with a bunch of other dogs and his human Lisa in Massachusetts. Eddie was born with a defect that messes with his leg muscles, so he has a hard time walking, which is why he needs wheels. That's why he's Eddie on Wheels, duh. But... The reason why I love Eddie so much is because Eddie is a bitch. <laughs> like, especially in the morning. I, I first found Eddie on TikTok probably like in June or July. Um, but I was instantly in love because Eddie is us and we are Eddie. So most mornings, Lisa will film herself going into Eddie's room and he sleeps on a bed with under blankets and she'll be like good morning sweetie you know it's almost noon it's time to get up and she'll pull off the sheets and eddie looks a mess like he looks like he's been out partying all night and on his way home he got jumped by possums in a wind tunnel like his hair is everywhere like you know that raggedy dog peg from um, Lady and the Tramp. How dare you say that about Peg, but yes, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Eddie makes her look like she just stepped out of the salon. Oh my God, and she lived in the pound. Yeah, but that's part of his charm. Like, that's why Aww. I love him, because it's like, uh, yeah, that's all of us in the morning. We look a mess, and we're, but, um, and then, then er, uh, Lisa tries to get him up, and he'll growl and snap at her. I'll, pl- I'll play you some of um, this. Let me f- bring it up. Okay, so a lot of videos go like this. Shlooby. Good morning, Shlooby. You woke me, you woke up on your own, remember? Just right now? It's work time. 
So it's <laughs> I mean, he's a grouchy legend. Also, Michael, you didn't have to say that he's from Massachusetts because Lisa has got the most Quincy Massachusetts accent I've ever heard. I love Lisa. Yeah, that's all part of the charm too. Like I like besides my own dog, like Eddie is my Prozac these days. Mm. Makes me happy with his grouchiness and like Eddie is right. There's not much worth getting out of bed these days. Um is Eddie nice to his other dog friends? Like does he like his other dog friends? Mm, yeah, he's not, I, I don't think I've seen any video where he snaps at them. It's That's mostly a morning thing. Like he does not like he does not do mornings. He's a gem. I love him. Um, on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, his username is Eddie on Wheels. So if you like grouchy and you like grouchy dogs, Eddie's the one for you. Yeah. You, you don't have to sell it so hard. Everybody loves that. Everybody loves a grouchy dog. I took a look at Eddie's Instagram and he's cute. So my show and tell um, is not as cute as dogs. Mine's a TV show. And I would never, um, I'd never position myself as somebody who is on the cutting edge of anything. So please keep that in mind. This is a TV show from 2019 that I just discovered. And it's called The Other That's not two. that long ago. In 2020 years. That's like two that's decades true. ago. That, you're right. <laughs> and this premiered in like January 2019. So that's like. So uh, it's um, it's on a, uh, what was, it's on AMC. Does AMC, no, it's on, what shows old movies now? Turner Classic Movies. TCM. Yeah. Yeah, they show it with like that and a Philadelphia story in Casablanca. Yeah. (laughs) They call it the, they they call it the power hour. It airs from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. So, no, it's from Comedy Central and it's from 2019. And the other two is, the premise is, it's these two siblings who are like millennials. You're supposed to think of them as being like late 20s, early 30s. And they have a 13-year-old brother who is super famous. And his name is Chase Dreams. He's supposed to be, he's basically Justin Bieber or Shawn Mendes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I yes. know this show. So their little brother is really, really famous. Their The mom is played by Molly Shannon. Her name's Pat. It's honestly, this is like one of those characters where like I was saying like how was she not how did she not win an emmy for this but then also i'm like alice in this show is like two years old at this point pretty much but anyways she's so good at playing a stage mom she, molly shannon's great and everything but anyway so the whole point is um the sister's name is brooke and the brother's name is carrie they're played by um helene yorkas and drew tarver who's mm-hmm. very very funny um he's supposed to be an actor and she does like nothing she becomes um chase dreams assistant and um it's really it's very very funny like to say that it's funny is like it's very very funny um but it's kind of like the i think the reason i didn't want to i remember when it came out and i was like oh this seems like a show i might be interested in but then i put it off and put it off because i love the movie pop star never stop never stopping oh so it's kind of vibes of that it sort of does except it's different because the um the thing is chase dreams is not like he's not a brat he's actually really kind and nice so it's kind of cute to watch that like it's fun to watch like you know a pastiche of justin bieber or whatever but this is just a little bit different um and the pilot has hoda and kathy lee which oh my god really yes yeah i was gonna say that should be enough to get you interested in this show um but it's really great. It's written by a bunch of people that are very funny. Like one episode is written by Joel Kim Booster. Another episode is written by um, Cole Escala. So 
yeah anyways it's um it's probably on like every streaming service it's on this is a canadian uh thing very specific but it's on this um streaming service that we have in canada called crave which oh yeah you, you're talking about yeah that so before, that yeah. doesn't that doesn't mean like a whole lot but basically if something is on crave it means it's definitely on one of the streaming services in the states i don't know who handles like comedy central shows in the states I don't comedy central I guess yeah yeah you're in the states you can probably just watch it if you yeah. go right to the website but anyways it's it's really really funny and i'm about oh, halfway and, into it and chris kelly did it oh because he did yes. this movie that i saw called other people with molly shannon yes yes okay yeah. so i was gonna mention that but then i was like i don't know if anyone has even seen other people so yeah, this I've might just that, be yeah. yeah so he did that and then um what is her name like sarah schneider i think or sarah schaefer she used to write for like snl she's very funny and she also, she's like the co-creator or whatever of it too. And um, yeah, it's great. It's really good. It's one of those shows where I heard about it and was like, I might like this. And then I've been watching it being like, oh my God, I'm so dumb for not getting into this sooner. And it's one season? One season, but they renewed it for a second, which I think is supposed to like premiere in... 2035. Yeah. I was going to say it's like supposed to premiere in February, but it's like, no, we don't know. We don't know when that's going to happen. So there's our show and tells for the week, and that ends this show. Our mailbag is open, so if you've got a question that you want us to answer on a future show, email us your question, and it could be anything, to um, dtp at delisted.com. And now I need to try to get that Subway not bread smell out of my nose. Well, I guess you could replace it with the smell of beer in a bath. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> beer, beer in my hair. Yeah. <laughs> which I'll eat, end up eating. <laughs> but okay, so till next week. Goodbye. Bye. Mmm, clean. I mean, really clean. And it holds any set I want. New beer enriched shampoo, Body on Tap, gives your hair super body, super hold. Brewed with one third real beer. Wow. But don't drink it, just shampoo. Whether I roll it, pin it, curl it, or blow it dry. It gives my hair super body, super hold. And the shine of your life. It's the beer shampoo that does it in three bodybuilding formulas. That's body. On tap.